Welcome to The Contemplative Life. Three pastors, friends, and spiritual companions help us explore spirituality through a contemplative lens. I'm Christina Roberts. I'm Chris Roberts. I'm Christina Kaiser. We're glad you joined us. Hello. It's great to be with you. We are talking about the spiritual practice of staying steady. And in doing that, there's this word that is used in the spiritual world, equanimity. And some would define it as the capacity to remain emotionally steady. And just to note, there are other types of definitions, sometimes relating to equality within different types of people. Um, But today we're going to focus on this notion of remaining emotionally steady. And as part of my work and all of that, I had recently been reading this book, Eyes Wide Open by Mariana Kaplan. And she goes heavy, and you'll recognize some of her themes as sounding very similar to things that Paul talks about in scripture. But she says it requires spiritual practice in order to stay steady, that it's just too difficult to say, I'm just going to do it. She says it takes learning how to pay attention to when the mind is taking over and how do we pay attention? She says, oh, you're going to need a spiritual practice. So on pages 58 and 59 of her book, she says, most people are actually tossed about by their circumstances and tend to lack this center in order to sustain themselves. And she says this manifests in our lives in all kinds of way. We see high drama, we see self-hatred, depression, illness, and we tend to think everything's happening to us rather than the world is operating in these ways that are kind of grander than we understand. And so in the end, she says equanimity is a result of gradually learning to manage the mind. And of course, that notion of getting tossed about, that is a very Paul-based type of thing too. He says it in multiple letters to people that he writes to. Don't get tossed about. I think James says it as well in scripture. So this notion of how do we keep from getting tossed about by all the stuff going on in our minds? So I'll just pause there. What do you guys think about equanimity? How do you experience this? Um, Well, first of all, I appreciate the definition that we're working with today, that it is about remaining emotionally steady, because that when you first pitched the idea for the podcast, that's not what I was thinking. And I thought, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I like this angle of equanimity. I would say, you know, it's interesting, this idea of being tossed around to and fro, um, because it does come up all the time. And I was just thinking recently about, you know, decision-making that we do and how sometimes it's like so easy to go back and forth with just, you know, whether it be a more challenging decision that we have to make, or even a simple decision that we're facing, but the amount of like mental real estate that sometimes it takes in our decision-making processes versus like, what does it look like to really kind of be emotionally steady? And I'm not being tossed to and fro with, thankfully we do live in a a time in, in the world where we have access to a lot of information and how could I take in this new information, but it doesn't have to like rock me over all the way to this side. Like I can take that and discern it in my decision-making, but it doesn't have to be this sort of like, oh my gosh, no, I'm in a quandary and I don't know what to do because there's too much like a swimming. It kind of makes me think of someone drowning in an ocean. Um, So I, I appreciate kind of naming that this seems to be a human condition that we all face and look forward to kind of unpacking a little bit further in our discussion. I like what you're bringing up. Uh, at first, I have had a little bit of resistance. It's like remaining emotionally steady. It's like, how boring is that? <laughs> no highs, no lows. Uh, but I, I really like 
some of the things that we brought up, you're referring to Paul in scripture. And I think the image there is like a ship being tossed around. Or I think another image that's helpful for me is thinking there's another, there's another image from scripture that talks about a tree being planted by rivers of living water. And it's like, that's the, the image of steadiness. And so for me, I think being connected to a source being able to sort of take a step back, breathe, and then being connected to the divine, it does help me with my emotional steadiness in life. So I think that's, I think there are a lot of images that have been offered here that it helped me with this idea. For sure. And I think the things that you are bringing up, so many opportunities. So what is the difference between, oh, I got excited because like a few episodes ago we did celebration and getting excited is great, right? And inappropriate. But then these other questions like, oh, how do I make a decision? So many things like this in a day can come up that kind of mess with the emotions. How did my commute go? Did I get a hot shower or a cold shower? There's all these various ways in which we really want our lives to go a certain kind of way. We kind of want the world to align. Too many red lights, throws the day, right? Like that was not the plan for the morning. And then it it starts to live in the head a little bit, right? Like for me, maybe my eyebrows are furrowing and the whole bit. So how do I come into this space that says there were red lights, there were green lights, and it did not shake me. (laughs) Um, I had to adjust the shower or plan my showers and it did not shake me. Otherwise, the whole day is this roller coaster in a way. Yeah. And Chris, I'm glad that you brought up that it would be boring to have just this flatlining of emotions. And I don't think that that's what we're talking about. I think for me, I tend to be a a pretty, you know, if, if you have good news, I'm a great person to tell, because I will be so excited for you. And also if you're struggling, I can sit with pain as well. And so I think for me, kind of this frame of what does it mean for me to metabolize emotions that I am taking in a lot in a given day, whether it be circumstantial, like you're mentioning, Christina, or through conversation and personal interaction, there's a lot that happens. And so I've come to have some practices where, yes, I can receive all these intense emotions, but then I have to metabolize them and recognize what are the things that I want to keep and absorb. And then a lot of it just gets eliminated because I just, um, I have to do that for my emotional steadiness. So, um, so yeah, I think there's a difference between flatlining and steadiness, at least in my opinion. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the things that, that I see as a theme running through where this could be a positive thing is whenever we're encountering trouble or resistance in life. And I think one of the, the, the famous quotes that comes to my mind is, you know, a Charles Swindoll quote that's about our attitudes, how we face things, how we face challenges. The quote is, the remarkable thing is we have a choice every day regarding the attitude that we will embrace for the day. We cannot change our past. We cannot change the fact that people will act in a certain way. We cannot change the inevitable. The only thing we can do is play on the one string we have, and that is our attitude. I am convinced that life is 10% of what happens to me and 90% of how I react to it. Yeah. Attitude is a huge um, part of it. In as much as we get to set an intention, right? We get to think, okay, my intention for this moment is 
to be steady, my intention for this day. Now, of course, I think another thread that we were pulling on a little bit before is this notion of connection to God in order to like create that. And, and Paul talks about that too in scripture, right? He says, Hey, this is like Philippians four and six, right? When you're feeling anxious and you're, you're having the struggle, take it to God, right? The prayer and petition. And this peace is going to come and transcending peace, right? Transcending peace is like some kind of spiritual amazingness. So there is like all these different threads of, okay, I'm setting my intention. I'm taking it to God. And I even think of the indigenous populations where they'll talk about the head and heart connection. So like we need our heart to balance our minds, which I think this notion of, especially when you talk about equanimity, right? To find steadiness and equalness to say like, oh, we can't just have this head running the show, right? We need our heart to be a part. And sometimes it feels like that spirit aspect comes from the heart. And so bringing the spirit into the day to kind of help the head and the various ways that it can get tossed about feels really important. And I think it's important also to to notice and name that, you know, if we are having a high or a low, a non-steady emotion, we're aware of that. And I think to your point, Christina, we then bring it to God. So, yep, there's some anxiety going on. Yep, there's some heaviness going on. Again, we're not judging that or saying that that's a bad thing. It just, it is because sometimes we're faced with things that, that we would hope do evoke that. You know, I recently was um, someone that actually Chris and I work with probably 20 years ago, um, their daughter was tragically killed in a car accident, um, just shy of her 19th birthday. And so, you know, on social media. And so all these people that we haven't talked to in years, sort of rallying together for this family. And so I found myself sort of carrying, and even though I haven't talked to them in a very long time, sort of carrying this weight and heaviness. And I wanted to, it's like, I want to help carry some of the grief that they're holding right now. And I also want to be emotionally steady. And so what does it mean for me to to then take that to God and say, okay, this is here. And I'm happy to, for however long it's helpful for me to hold prayer and hold space and to be there for them. Yes. And also I'm not them. This isn't my story. I do have a a different life that I'm living parallel to this. And so sort of what are the portions of that that feel okay for me right now? And then what do I give to God and how does he help me to walk through that. So I like what you're naming there as well, Christina, that kind of comes up with the Bible in Philippians. Yeah. And I think this is particularly hard with people that are in the helping vocation, right? People that take in other people's stories or are trying to help someone overcome an illness. We tend to take in their stories and live them, live the stories with them. But there's, there's an art to letting it pass through us and holding a little bit bit of space for them, but not staying connected and not letting it sit in us too long. And mm-hmm. so I think this could be very helpful for that. And you're right. When we do that, there is this transcendent piece that you're mentioning, Christina, that it's, it's so otherly. It's so supernatural. It's not something that my meditation practice or my mindfulness, I can meditate my way to it. It's like, no, as I give this to God, he somehow meets me with this unexplicable piece that you're describing. So again, it seems to be that there's this partnership of my own acknowledgement and awareness and and a turning over and an opening up to God. And then God certainly meeting in that place. Yeah. I mean, even as we're talking with like, right, because the weight of something like what you're describing, we can start to say, oh, I need to be so much for this thing that I'm hearing. And it's funny. I, I listened to a Thich Nhat Hanh talk on YouTube 
And he made this statement. The whole thing is pretty interesting. But at one point he says, you know, if I am sad for too long or if I am happy for too long. And we tend not to think about, like, what is the right amount of sadness and happiness exactly? Uh, But really, that's the essence of it, right? To not be able to take in and be there and be compassionate and then to let go. As if, because God has much more ability, but we start to be like, nope, got to do it. As opposed to maybe God is got this. (laughs) Maybe God can do this as opposed to me doing it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And going back to the tossing to and fro, I think when we are allowing that, then it's not these circumstances, these outer things aren't tossing us to and fro, like I think one tends to be as as human beings. Yeah, it's been a big deal for me to learn to sit and receive a story, to be present to the moment. And then like, we've, I've had sessions where people actually have held up a large bowl as if to say, and then it slides out, it slides away because right. I think it becomes part of that whole experience. And, and it happens in little ways too, just to say, I mean, just this week we had people coming in to do our windows and they have, it's, it's January. So there's salt and mud and grossness. And, you know, I'm just thinking of the mess and the work that would be required. And at the same time, I am listening to these, uh, populations of people talk for my studies. And this woman had said, whether I think it is good or I think it is bad, it is perfect. And so I went through my day being like, it is perfect. It is perfect. It is perfect the way that it is. (laughs) And just trying to find that space. I don't need, because I do, I want it to be a certain way, but it is fine the way that it is. And, And so it is, right? And part of that The importance of it was to view that other person as a human too. So we did all the necessary things just to say, right? We put out the tarps and later I vacuumed and I mopped and we did all the things, but like their livelihood is wrapped up in this experience. And then us getting these windows is wrapped up, but we are in this together. This is a communal moment. And how are we going to live here together? It is perfect. Well, thank you guys so much for this conversation. I'm sure we could go on and on, but thank you. It's been good. And now is the time in our podcast where we take a moment to talk about what we are into. So what are we into today? Well, I am into, and I may have been into this before, but it's a Canadian TV series called Heartland, and it is about a um, a ranch where they take care of abused horses. And the reason I'm into it is because our family really enjoys watching it together in the evenings when we have an evening where TV is part of our evening. And it's hard to find a show that everybody can sit and watch together. But gosh, I think there's 15 seasons that they've produced, so it is a long running show. And so it's fun, kind of watching my kids. Like we know the characters, and we'll talk about like if there was a particular episode, like maybe at breakfast the next morning, we're like, can you believe so-and-so? Or what do you think about this? And so I think it's fun for me to, you know, cause we all read our own books, but to have a series where we're really immersing in the characterization and the plots has been really fun as a family. So I am into Heartland for the family. And recently as a precursor to watching Heartland as a family, uh, something that I've really been into and I really needed uh, recently was a massage gun. We have a massage gun that we just got. And before we watch Heartland, we'll just get the massage gun and massage each other's back or neck or wherever there's a little bit of tension in our body. 
And, uh, you know, I, I recently uh, did quite a bit of up and down lifting heavy stuff and my back was a little bit tender. And so I was super thankful to come home to that massage gun. And I have three kids that are like, let me do it. I want to do it. And they take turns just driving that massage gun into the, you know, the stiff muscles and pain. And so usually the massage gun is a precursor to watching together. So that's what I've been into. Ah, what a lovely family experience. I love it. We have a different family experience going on, which does tie into what I'm into. So uh, I have recently reinvigorated my excitement about Norwex cloths, like these microfibers. And you know, you can do a lot of cleaning without a lot of product, which is great for kids because you can teach your kids to start cleaning things. You don't have to worry about like how much cleaner that they're getting on themselves. So we recently um, have shifted some jobs, which means that Uh, the kids are basically taking care of their own living space, like their bathroom, vacuuming their floors. And then Dominic and I can take care of the upstairs, which is just remarkable. But these Norwex claws make things so bright and shiny. And speaking of the floors, like I had gone and gotten the Norwex mop out again. And I was like, oh, it really does work. Oh my gosh, that's really amazing. So for as big of a skeptic as I've ever been about how water could clean things, these things make things shine. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, We love community and we have noticed that sometimes there are listeners from other countries and other parts of the world that we don't live in. So if you are a listener, we would love to hear from you. Feel free to give us a hello, either social media or email or some way like that. And if you have questions, things you would love to see addressed here on the podcast, we would love to hear those as well. So thank you so much. We'll look forward to seeing you again soon. Bye, everybody. Mm -hmm.